can we give Jesus just a good hand? I do want to honor you for the way you're honoring his presence. And I was just, uh, it, it was very difficult even in regard to just, I just wanted to stay here on the floor the rest of this afternoon. And, uh, but I wanted to honor J.R. I promised that he was going to be able to get out by 4.30. Uh, because the Philly Eagles, uh, they all play. <laughs> oh, Chiefs, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm Norwegian, so you just have to forgive me. I don't understand this thing about football. So anyway, but, but I just wanted to honor you for, I, I was thinking the same, some of the pure hearts and just to see people that are pursuing him that are drinking from this pure, pure water of Bethlehem that is near the gate. And I had a, I kind of had a plan, but that plan has been gone a long time ago and, and several times. But while I was on the floor in the end there, I just felt that I wanted just to give you some practical tools to help you to navigate starting even tomorrow when we leave this building. And some of us, there's going to be different things we're going to face. But I felt the pitch even while we were here just in this stillness and the presence. It took me to Mark chapter 4. I'm just going to, for the sake of time, I'm just going to put that together from verse 34, 35. And it is this story when Jesus just was telling his disciples, he says, let us go in the boat. And then all of them, they joined Jesus and they were going in the boat. And I want you to know the reason they are in the boat is not because they are disobedience. The storm is not because of they were outside God's will. It is because they are following Jesus. This is just an important part. So what Jesus said, let us, let us go to the other side. This is a very much of a key. I'm just giving a framework because I feel some of the things that happened here, but this came to my spirit. So he's going to take us to the other side. And, and this is very important because on their journey towards the other side, between uh, the word God has spoken, the encounter we're having, and what is on the other side, there are some storms. And I'm going to just talk about two different storms in this season that we're going to learn how to navigate. So today I want to be a papa to just give you some navigation tools so that you can recognize which storm it is. And then so that you can have authority over the storms you can sleep in. That was part of what was happening here today. So you can speak to the storms that is on the outside because in this hard work of rest that we had, we were wearing the enemy out. So don't underestimate what's taking place, but what he does is get rid of the storms that is in us so we can deal with the storms that is on the outside. I don't know if you got that. Let me say that again. So what he is doing, even what was taking place, I was just laying on the floor and I realized that's what's taking place. That's why that verse hit me because what he's doing is he is getting rid of the storms that is in us so that we have authority to deal with the storms that is around us. And you can only have authority over the storms that you can rest in. So when you're restless and you have a storm on the inside, you cannot deal with a storm on the outside. And there was three different things that this storm was affecting with the disciples as they were heading to the other side. There was this mighty storm that was coming in. There was a physical storm, say physical. There was an emotional storm, say an emotional. And there was a spiritual storm, say spiritual. And so what we're seeing is they're going right in the middle of the sea, and they are getting afraid. But Jesus did something, and I want you to be aware of this storm. Jesus brings his pillow. Say pillow. And sometimes even in church, I wish that I brought my pillow this morning. 
<laughs> and I, I don't know if you've seen that with Mama Heidi. I mean, she brings her pillow everywhere because she is aware of that I am going to find a resting place. And, and it's an intentionality. So this is so important for us. First of all, what word did Jesus speak to you while you were here? So when you're entering into the storm, he says, let us go to the other side. And we've forgotten about the word that he spoke before the storm came. Could I say that again? You have to have a memory stone about what he said. Faith comes from hearing. So listening to the very word of God, when he says, let us go to the other side, he is obligated to take you to the other side. That that's his responsibility. But in the middle of it, there are storms, and those storms will affect you. And they are real, so we cannot go around there. And I don't want anyone of us to be fake. They are real, these storms that is happening. There's global storms. And if I had a time, I would take you through 14 geopolitical storms going on in the world right now. The change that is happening. And it's important for us as believers to be able to know how to navigate some of those storms. What's happening in our government, what happened in finances, was happening all over. And we saw it, especially during this COVID season, we could recognize these storms and how it is affecting everyone. But I am sorry to say that it doesn't matter what theology that you have, there's going to be some more storms in the future. And there's actually a very bumpy road. For us who are in the kingdom, it's good news. Because we build our life up on something that is unshakable. Part of the thing is also so that we can help other people to navigate. When they don't know what to do, they need to know where to go. So in this first storm, Jesus himself, he goes into the boat knowing that there's going to come a storm because he knows everything. He brings his pillow with him in the middle of the storm. Just as subtly with a pillow. What I know when he brought the pillow, he decided when I'm coming into the service today, I know there's going to be a season of stillness. And why? Because when my father is, there is rest. And all I do is what I see my father do. And I say what I hear my father say. So I can go in the middle of the storm and I can find a resting place in the middle of the storm because when my father is, there is no storm. And that doesn't mean there is not storms. But you're operating from a different realm. There's something that's taking place. But these disciples, they're getting so overwhelmed. Say overwhelmed. And whatever overwhelms you will shape you. They're so overwhelmed by the wind and the water. There's water in the boat. They are drowning. And the Bible says they were afraid. Say afraid. And here you see the emotional storm. Fear is there. And they are being overwhelmed. And anxiousness that can be financial. It can be held. Something happened and you're facing different storms. And in the middle of it, what word did God speak before the storm? Second of all, we need also sometimes to have a picture of what it's going to look like on the other side. Then another thing that is a key here, focusing on what Jesus is doing instead of what he is not doing. A lot of people right now are being distracted by what Jesus is not doing because they are not recognized. They are not able to see what he's doing. We are seeing the political storms. We're seeing the water in the boat. We have recognized in the wind, but we do not recognize. And this is what I felt when I was on the floor here. I just realized, oh, Jesus, you brought your pillow. Now it's the time for me just... This is just that season to find a pillow and to rest with him. Because something is taking place when you find that resting place. So when Pastor Mike quoted Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary. Come, and I will give you rest. My burden is easy, and my yoke is light. It's light. And then he says, Learn from me. Bring your pillow. 
Remember my word. Learn from me because there's going to come a storm and I'm bringing, learn from me. The way I bring my pillow and how I'm able to sleep in the middle of it. It's called the hard work of rest. That's your weapon of warfare because everything in the demonic world is restless in nature. Because when you are at rest, the dove finds a resting place on you. The Holy Spirit. Are you guys okay? But then there is a spiritual storm. Say spiritual storm. So the physical, there's water, there's wind. Emotional, they were afraid. So don't be afraid of being afraid. But just make sure when you recognize that at that moment, that's what the repentance is. I, I changed the way I think. I suddenly not perceive, oh, I realize he spoke a word over me. Why am I afraid? Second of all, I see what Jesus is doing. And I've forgotten about to rest, to bring my pillow, to come right where Jesus is, lean into him, my beloved. The play of intimacy. It's a place of authority. And then uh, the spiritual storm. Where are you, Jesus, when I need you? Where are you, Jesus? What's going on? Why don't you do something? Have you been there? I've had some of those prayer meetings. That's why it's so important to do what we just did here. You do not realize what is taking place with you when you just took your pillow today. You do maybe know that's what you were doing, but I'm here now to, so I have some good news for you. Say good news, but I have some bad news for you. So this storm here now, the purpose here, they say, where are you, Jesus? They wake him up and he's like, why are you afraid? I mean, don't you know I, I gave you a word? We're going to get to the other side. It's maybe a little bit of bumps, but kids was like, oh, this is like a roller coaster. This is exciting, Jesus. Second of all, Wow. I'm pretty much at rest. And then what he does is he speaks to the storms that is on the outside because there's no storm on the inside. And he teaches them that you're supposed to have authority over the storms you can rest in. But now I'm taking you to Matthew. I think this Matthew chapter, uh, for the sake of time, I'm just kind of, a, I'm trying to not hurry. Are you guys okay? Matthew 14. Say Matthew 14. And we're going to look at, this is another storm. And this is where I felt the preparation. This is what happened five minutes before I came up. But it was like the first one, what just happened, is you are now finding the resting place. But there is another storm. That was the bad news. When you're leaving this place, I'm not going to prophesy negative things over you. But I just want to prepare you. There are some storms you're going to face. And some of you are going to say, thank God it is Monday. As you're getting into the classroom or you're going into your workplace or you're heading into this world, in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, he says, because I have overcome this world. And I'm not expecting that my next, when I'm leaving this place, there's not going to be storms. But the first type of storm is learning the hard work of rest. But the second storm, this is where I felt just to give you a couple of keys. I'm just giving you some keys to navigate the storm because those storms is going to be there. And this storm is a little bit different. This time, Jesus says, immediately Jesus told them, he commanded, you're going to go in the boat. The boat is the vehicle for some of you that can be where you are working and where God has placed you. When you leave this place where you are called to be and operate on a daily basis, there's maybe a war against your family when you go home. The vehicle but this boat, as I was saying, at that moment, Jesus is not in the boat. Jesus goes up to the mountain to pray. 
He sends us into this storm, and there's one storm, and Jesus is in a boat. The second one also, they are in his will. He is the one that sends them into the storm. But he goes up on the mountain to pray for you. And then you, you can actually going in and see the geography of it. While he is on that mountain, and you're in the middle of the boat, and the storm starts to hit you, and like, where is Jesus? And he is not right there sleeping. He's actually up there praying, and he's praying for you. So when you cannot see him, he can see you. From that mountain, he can see you exactly where you're at. And what is he doing? Is he interceding in behalf of you? He taught you some lesson in the first storm, but this storm is a little bit different. There's a storm, as I'm saying here, where you're learning how to rest. This one is also learning how to do warfare. Both storms, it is in the fourth watch of the night. Say fourth watch. I don't like that. I like when he shows up in the first watch. I'm praying, and there's the breakthrough, and getting me an encounter, and yeah, there he is, first watch. And then it's the second watch, third watch. But when you get it, it's like 11.59. Why would he do that to us? Why would he be so? I'll tell you one simple thing, trust. He's teaching us how to trust. And he's waiting to the last moment when you feel like, oh, and then the Bible says he comes eventually. He comes walking on water. He's about to pass them by, and he sees them in the middle of the storm. And again, say physical. There's a physical storm, water and wave. Say emotional. They are actually scared to death. And these are the guys that have been with Jesus, just like you and I. This is part of discipleship one-on-one, and we are going through the discipleship, learning to be like Jesus, to become like Jesus, learning to have authority over storms like Jesus. But also learning how to walk on water. Are you getting it? This is just me being a little bit practical today because I, I like some of these practical tools that can help me when Monday shows up and I remember which storm is this. Ah, the pillow type. Soaking. <sighs> Going into that quiet place where there is no longer a storm. Oh, no, this storm is different. Jesus is not here right now. Yes, he is the one that commanded me to be in this place right now, but he is actually up there praying for me. And when there is water, wind, you sense that fear being a little bit overwhelmed, and there's the spiritual storm. Where is he again? And then suddenly Jesus is coming there, and he looks like a ghost. So they went from being afraid to become totally greatly afraid. It was an upgrade in fear. So now it is not just being afraid of the wind and the water. Now the next thing is, it's a ghost. The importance here that I want us to learn in this season is that the way he's showing up, you're, you're used in one service the way he's showing up, but then he changes the pattern. And sometimes we get scared because we do not know how to adjust ourselves to the way he's showing up. We used to see him in a certain way, but he will change for the very purpose. But this is his interest. It's a ghost. So they went there terrified. Water in the boat, on the inside a storm. Where is Jesus in the middle of it? And here he comes showing up. And he can be in the service. He can be in a meeting. But the way he shows up here can be very differently. Sometimes we get so used to the quiet. Let's get the pillow and the soaking. But in the next moment, he comes in and it can look like a thunderstorm. And can you know the difference of that? And then in this moment when he shows up, finally, one recognizing, and here's what I love it is, if this is you, 
How many of you have had those prayers? What if? What if this is the Lord? But to recognize his voice. I think what I love here is because what is happening in this storm, and I feel this is the storm right now that we're going to face tomorrow. It's a storm that is going to be here, and it is in Colorado. This is a storm when the enemy is sending a storm because of what God has done. And we have to be aware of it. I call it the battle you fight after the battle you won. You can talk to Elijah about it. 1 Kings 19, and I can just take you through scriptures. But here we are, another storm that hits your emotions. I guess down we have had great meetings, and wow, and it's just this. And then, this storm comes in. And this storm that is coming against him, I want you to see. So the wind comes here because there's a destiny over each one of us, what God is doing here in Colorado on the other side. And now the enemy is nervous about it. So this is a different storm. He sends wind to try to stop you to be able to reach your destiny. And these wind, the Bible says they were contrary winds, meaning winds that is trying to stop and coming against you. And the danger of that is also we can try to get our pillow in that storm, but there's something else that you have to do to operate in that storm. So here we are, wind is coming against this country, but I want you to know Jesus is coming here. I just want you to see the picture. Jesus is coming looking like a ghost. They are in the middle of the boat. The wind that is stopping if this is you, Lord, the wind that is trying to stop you takes and carries your word to Jesus. Jesus is coming walking this way. The wind is contrary. is trying to stop you. And when you speak, the very words, the prayer that you have that the enemy is meaning for evil, God is using for good, those words are carried right to Jesus. Be careful. This kind of a thing can get you to dancing. Whoa, a couple of other practical tools, and they are coming in, and Peter comes into this situation. If this is you, and let me just be practical with you, the closer you get to the fourth watch, the closer you get to the last minute before you need your breakthrough, the louder your what if becomes. So if you make a line on your notebook paper, even before you leave here, or maybe in the morning for your devotion, and make a what if, and on one line, you have, what if fear? What if this is not him? What if he doesn't show up? What if, and that is going to get louder and louder when you listen to fear. But I'm here about to say to you that fear is a liar. First, scientifically speaking, 95% of what you fear will never happen. And the 5%, as I say, that is coming there, fear. Fear is false evidences appearing real. F-E-A-R. It's false evidence is appearing. So don't listen to fear. Fear is a liar. Shame is a liar. Shame will tell you who you are not. Papa God would always tell you who you are. He speaks into your identity. So what is coming in the loud of that, what if, what if, if this is you? So instead of having what if fear, be honest with yourself and look at all those things that comes out of you when fear is there. What if? I don't get healed. What if this creative miracle doesn't happen with my, what if, and you can go to that long list instead of what if faith. And make it just a nice line there of what if faith on the other side and starts there to rehearse the louder the wind and the bigger the storms in the middle of it. Learn how to have the what if. His presence is coming. The breakthrough is there. What if this is my opportunity to walk on water again? 
What if we're going to feed the multitudes with these loaves and fishes? What if the greatest breakthrough I've ever seen? And we start to focusing on what if faith instead of what if fear. A couple of more principles from this, and then I'm going to land it. Today was a little, just wanted to navigate some of the things that just took place. The next thing that is taking place, Jesus says, come. And that's his invitation to you and I in this season. He says, come, just come. It's going to require some faith. Come. He is walking on water, and I want you to see this picture. Peter is in a boat, and then eventually we know the storm. If this is you in the middle of this storm, all he says, come. Take risk. Take faith. Take a step. Do something. This is a storm to do something. And he steps out of the boat, and a beautiful thing. And I'm here just to propose something that theologically speaking, I, I believe I'm correct. I do not think he only took a couple of steps on water. And I'll tell you why. If Jesus looks like a ghost in the distance, there was a distance between him and the boat. And Peter must have walked far enough that if Jesus was coming towards him and he is walking towards Jesus, he must have walked far enough for Jesus to reach out his hand. And he reached out his hand. And lifts them up. So there's a little principle also I want us to do, even as we're going out, stepping out of our comfort zone, keeping our eyes on Jesus. But in a moment when fear comes in, you start sinking. German Coast Guard, German Coast Guard, we are sinking. What are you sinking about? That's a Mama Frida joke. So here we are. He starts to sink. But here I wanted to give you. I just felt I wanted to ship. I have sink more times than I walked on water. Sinking is not a failure. Just being safe in the boat. Criticizing people walking on water is a failure. And I want to challenge the Rock family. I'm talking about two storms here now. For us individuals, for us as a family, is to creating a culture where we're celebrating people. They may be getting a little wet, and they may be have some different experiences. They may be, maybe be sinking. Jesus was not, he called it just, told you of little faith. Imagine what big faith is if Jesus calls that little faith. We know the centurion had great faith. It's a different story. But I want us just to see here. As in a few months, I'm going to walk on water again. I've said yes. I know some of the storms that we're going to face in the middle of the storm. Keep my eyes on Jesus. And I said, what if you fail? What if you sink? Here's one more key kingdom lesson. Even if you feel your faith is little, you only need faith enough as a mustard seed, and you can remove mountains. At least your faith is enough that you took and got out of your comfort zone. What if the person doesn't get healed? What if he gets healed? What if this word of knowledge I had for that person was not him? Instead of, so my just wisdom for all of you, just use humility. When you go up, you don't need to say, thus says the Lord, and then you fail. You can just maybe even going up and say, I'm just learning about this. and I'm pretty new, but I, I just feel, and then you, in a gentle way. And if they don't get healed, or they don't, you just have one more experience with Jesus. 
It's not that you are a failure. It's not that you are a false prophet. If somebody doesn't get saved, that doesn't mean you're not a false evangelist. You cannot save anybody. You cannot heal anybody. Because somebody told me, hey, if you say you have the gift of healing, why don't you go to the hospital and just empty the hospital bed? I say, if you have the gift of evangelism, why don't you go and get everybody saved? So what I'm saying here is, I'm just encouraging us to raise up a culture here in Colorado. Raise up a culture for the sons and daughters. Give them an opportunity to step out of the boat and learning how to walk on water. And they may be sinking sometimes, but here is my lesson today is, even if your faith is little, his grace is big. He reaches out his hand and he pulls them And there's some grace available for you today. First of all, again, I wanted to honor you for bringing your pillow today. I just felt the pleasure of him. That, I was not planning to go there, but as soon as I just watched that still and I saw all of you, I realized it's a weapon of warfare going on right now. But it's also preparing you for the next storm. The first storm you're learning to bring your pillow, learning to listen to his word, learning to coming into this place that... When the emotional storm, the physical storm, and the spiritual storm, where are you at that moment? You know exactly. Back into chair one, leaning your heart into him. You heard even Lou Engel has been in chair number two sometimes. <laughs> but then the second storm, this is what I felt he was going to prepare us. In the book of John, it says they rode against the wind. I think it's four to five miles. And that's also what we have to learn. And uh, I interviewed Bill Johnson. We're doing this master class. And I've had about 12 people, Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker, Randy Clark, Brian Simmons, just a bunch of people just learning life lessons. But one of the things that, that touched me was Bill because he, he said that sometimes it is like you're pushing against a rock. And you maybe have done that for 20 years, pushing against a rock and you feel nothing is happening. But don't say that nothing is happening because while you are praying and pushing against this rock, something is taking place with you. You're building muscles, you're building perseverance, you're building all those things that is needed for you to row against the wind in the next season. And on the other side, and one of them, there was because of the journey they went on the other side, there's this Jerusalem man. There was one person in Colorado that has been so much in chain and everything else. And the breakthrough of that person that comes as a result of the journey that we've been through. Don't underestimate the journey with Jesus. Some of the storms, you just throw overboard the things that are not needed. And that's what happened here today. That's part of the repentance. Let's get rid of anything that is not going to matter. Let's, if you have to throw up, or, I'm not saying in a natural, but meaning get overboard. There's things I don't need. Just let go. Let go. If you're holding on to it, it's going to be painful. Just let go of anything you're holding on to. Become free. Free people sets people free. And in one, there's the Jerusalem man, and it led to his deliverance. And as a result of that, there's a breakthrough. And that's why the enemy is so nervous that you're going to get to the other side. There's something on stake on the other side. And I'm saying that because I want you to know that pain must have purpose in the middle of the storm. 
And you maybe have had a Friday moment, a long Saturday in the middle of your storm, but I'm here to tell you Sunday is coming. And when you get to Sunday, you get to the other side, when we are going to stand there in Karachi, excuse me, in Kashmir, when we're going to stand there before the Taliban, when we're going to stand in these different places, you get to the other side, even if there's been a long journey of storms, when you stand there at that very moment, and Jesus is being glorified. And you start again to see so many names are being added to the Lamb's Book of Life. But also what has happened to us through both of these storms. Don't underestimate the process, what he's doing through the storm. Are you guys okay? I just wanted to bless you today. There's grace, grace, grace for you. What word has he spoken to you in the previous season? What are some of the words? I'll give you a practical for me. They're very verses that I said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. I give you rest. That was for all 2022. And many times I forgot about the word. And I ended up in the middle of different storms. While if I had listened in January 1st, kept that word. I'm not saying I should tattoo it, but it would have been good to have something in the front of me every time I was hit. And then I realized afterwards, why would you let this happen? And he said, I gave you the very thing that was needed to navigate. But I had forgotten so when you forget about the bear and the lion, when you stand before Goliath, you see how big Goliath is instead of how big God is. Because you have forgotten the memory stones. This year it is give us this day our daily bread. There's going to be fresh bread for today. I don't have the grace for tomorrow. I cannot deal with yesterday. But I will have fresh bread for today. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up. There's going to be whatever I need. Fresh wisdom. Fresh power. Fresher. Whatever I need for that day, he's providing fresh bread. So this year, I need a grace. Grace to endure. Grace to enjoy. But it's going to be grace every day. There's no longer going to be a good day or a bad day. Only grace days. And there's moments you just need a grace to be able to row against the wind to get to the other side. And there's other times you get a grace in the middle of the enjoyment when you start to see what he is doing. So don't be distracted by what he's not doing. See what he's doing. Are you okay? But on both of these storms on the other side, there's something he has for us, for your family. It's worth it. You maybe have a little post-traumatic Jesus disorder. I'm not saying that in a mockery, but the reality of us. My friend, Dr. Mike Hutchin, he did a phenomenal teaching at the Voice of the Apostle. He talked about the trauma that you get by just following Jesus. There is trauma. And if you're not aware of that, that doesn't mean we're not dealing, living with trauma. But I mean, a traumatic thing happens because you're there with him. There is Thursday moments. You have those nights when you don't know if you're going to make it. Father, if there's another way. There is the Friday moment. It seems like everything is dying. Just talked to one couple here during the event, and they came up, and to some degree, I've known them for years here. And they just said, we just want to come and apologize. I know you maybe feel like there's a little distance between us. But it has nothing to do with you. But last year, we lost our son. Later on, I heard he killed himself. And the trauma of that, they've just now, but they come and say, now we want that second call that you spoke about. And we're answering to the second call. 
So I'm saying there is trauma. There's these things. So there's some people that had, if you follow Jesus, and people are about to give up because if they're not aware that storms is part of the discipleship process. And there's so many people that have all the promises what it looks like on the other side. And we have all the promises what it's going to look like. There's going to be the year of breakthrough. But it starts with a breakdown. Here's a prophecy I see Sunday over you. But Friday comes first. They didn't say that. And there's no Sunday without Friday. So this is part of the journey for us in, as you're moving into this beautiful journey with Jesus. He loves you just the way you are, but he refuses for you to stay that way because he wants you to be just like Jesus. And in this process that Jesus, I mean, this is what I'm saying, be, in one moment the wind is going to blow in one way, but you, listen, the wind will not adjust itself to you. You have to adjust yourself to the wind. Let me say that one more time. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, the wind, the, wind, the way the wind is operating, the wind is not going to adjust itself to you. You have to learn to adjust yourself to the wind, to the Spirit, and to the Holy Spirit. So one moment he says, lean forward. And then the next moment, if you lean forward, you're burning up your oil because it is a season to bring your pillow. I don't know if you got it. Let me. It is not so much about finding the balance as finding the rhythm. Heaven is a rhythm, and the first storm is all about learning how to lean back. What do you mean by leaning back? Doing nothing. Because in the nothingness, there is something and there is someone. When you're leaning back, you're beholding, and what you're beholding, you're becoming, and what you become is what you release. When I'm leaning back, I'm being so overwhelmed by him that nothing else can overwhelm me. When I'm leaning back is when I'm bringing my pillow and entering into this resting place of just being. But then the next thing is, there's a season to lean forward. It is to row against the wind. It is stepping out of the boat and walk on water and learning to find that rhythm. To put it in another way, sometimes being backslidden is when you stay still and he is walking. One more time. I, I don't think I've said that one before, but... I'm just saying that backsliddenness sometimes when I'm staying still when he is moving and he is walking. And I'm back. So learning the rhythm of his grace in this season. There's two storms going on at the same time period. And in one moment it could be in a service that in one moment is just to lean forward. The next one is rowing against the wind, striking and continue to strike, not just for my family, but until we have the victory, the leaning forward. And I'm taking that arrow over my family, taking that arrow over my family, and you just go, there's rowing against that wind. But the reason we can row against the wind and not be burned out is because we have learned to lean back. And when you lean it back, you're getting oil, oil of intimacy with your lover. So then when you lean forward, when you burn, you burn, burn brightly without burning out because you're burning oil of intimacy. You're no longer burning flesh. The pillow, you're accumulating oil. So when darkness comes in, the fire can touch that oil and you'll be set on fire and you will be a light bearer and you will be a burning one, but burning brightly without burning out. Holy, holy is this love and it's a holy love. But on both sides of this story, there's victory, there's harvest.
there's breakthrough. So, Father, I just want to release all my family. I know everyone in this room. have experienced the storms of life. Some people are becoming bitter instead of becoming better. The storms, the storms. Could you be honest with me? I'm honest with you. How many of you have had some physical storms? Just wave to me. There could be health, there could be physical storms. It's affecting you. It's things you can touch and touch. How many have had any emotional inner storm? Anxiety, fear, hopelessness, depression, internal, yeah, about 80%. I know all of us had it in our life, but I'm talking more also in the recent. What about spiritual stuff? Can we be honest? We're good Jesus people, but it's time. Jesus, where are you in the middle of this? Can we just be honest? And sometimes here in this moment, yeah. Marcus, I just wanted to honor you for the way you're honoring his presence. Could, could we give Marcus? I just feel... So many times it just touched my heart. I was just there so grateful. There's very few people who just continue to linger, to linger until all the frogs are gone. Oh, I just, because I, mean, but I, let me put that frog thing, it came up. Sometimes there's this ribbit, ribbit, ribbit in your life. There could be ribbit. And I remember there was a frog pandemic in the Philippines. And when we were there, there was frogs in my shoes. There was frogs in my room. There was frogs everywhere. And, and I was so tired of frogs. There was smelly frog, big frog, small frog. There was frogs. And then one moment, I, I mean, I'm, I hadn't slept for some 70 hours. And I was like, <laughs> I put earplugs in. I put bows on the top. I put a pillow around, but I still could hear that. <laughs> and in one moment, the Holy Spirit says, Leif, you have a frog problem in your life. And there was a physical when I was walking, my sciatica, ribbit, ribbit. And then on the inside, there was this, ribbit, ribbit. I couldn't hear that still small voice because of the, ribbit, going on in my mind. And then there was some, ribbit, spiritual ribbits of the warfare. And he wants to get rid of the frogs in our life so that we can get shalom and peace. And then blessed are the peacemakers, they are the sons and daughters of God. And the first storm is just to get rid of that Ribbit. in your life, Ribbit. in your body. The addiction, the tension, the Ribbit. it is when pain seeks pleasure. You're just medicating because of you're out of the rhythm. Can we stand to our feet? So, Father, I just thank you that any of the ribbit that is in our life, in our marriage, in our family in this season, as we're going into that deep, deep place with you, First, we just want to get the grace right now like we did today. We are leaning back. We are resting. And when we are resting, we are receiving. And what we receive, we become. And what we become is what we release. We do teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. Thank you. The one that we're beholding is the one that we're becoming. So we just thank you for that beautiful, beautiful dove as we all just bring our pillows in the middle of the storm in our life. And I thank you even as we exit this place that we can be able to start to speak to the storms around because something happened today in the meeting. Something happened here. The ribbons is gone. 
And now, blessed are the peacemakers. Now I can bring peace to the world that is around me and deal with some other rabbit, the frog problems. We acknowledge we have frog problems in the government and marriages and identities, frogs everywhere, but we cannot deal with the frogs that is on the outside when we have all these frogs on the inside. So just bring peace to our mind. Shalom. Peace to your body. Peace. Shalom, shalom, shalom. And I know some people have had this battle fatigue, the battle fatigue. You're tired, tired, tired. And now you're realizing this is a storm where you also, in this moment, need to row against the wind. This is a storm now when you realize, where are you, Jesus? He's up there. I'm praying for you. I've not forgotten about you. Storm when you do not recognize even how he's showing up because he looks a little scary the way he shows up like a ghost. But in the middle of it, even as you are going to hear that still, small voice, and you maybe have that loud, what if he doesn't show up? No, what if he shows up? What if this is the very thing you've been longing for and looking for? What if today is the day of salvation? Today is your day of healing. What if? Not tomorrow, but today. So just releasing over you the grace, grace, grace in this season. And the safest place you can be is not in the boat. But to take that step out of the boat. Keep your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> the author and the finisher of your faith. I bless you, beautiful family. And we are heading to the airport as you're blessing us. And there's not going to be any storms on the airport. Jen, Papa Leaf, what a gift they are. If you'll just, um, I'm just going to ask the Lord to kind of seal up what he's done here and over the weekend. Would you just agree with me? I'm just going to pray. If you need to leave, you need to get kids, no problem. But I'm just going to pray and, um, and thank the Lord for just one, one or two minutes, not long. So Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We just give you thanks for what you did, you did and are doing. We give you thanks for pouring out your spirit here in this house, God. We thank you that you've caused us to have hearts that are open and repentant, Lord. Hearts that are contrite, ready to receive the very word that you wanted to speak, Lord. We invite you to continue to do this in our lives. It won't end here, God. We say we will not turn around. We will not go back to Egypt. Lord, you're taking us to the promises. You're taking us into the very places that you've set in, in store for us. You have a great plan. You have a great purpose. You have desires in your heart. And you ask us to bring others along. You're asking us to go out and get your children and bring them into this place, this promised land place. 
God, we thank you that you have um, commissioned us. You commissioned every single one in this room. There is none too young. There is none too old. There's none too new to the faith to say, let me tell you what Jesus is doing in my life right now. Let me tell you where I was, what he's doing right now, and where he's taking me. Lord, we just ask that you would put that in our hearts. Put that on our lips. Put your very words, the very testimony of our lives, the very thing that you're doing, Lord, let us speak it out. Let us be a people who isn't silent. Lord, give us boldness in this season. We pray for boldness of the Spirit. I pray for that fire of the Lord to fall on our lips, that we would not be bashful, that we would have that perfect view of eternity and saying, this is where we're meant to be, and we want to take everyone with us. This is a party, and everyone's invited, you guys. We're meant to be handing out invitations right now. This is not, we are not a respecter of person or place, race, color, or creed. We say everybody's supposed to be coming to this party. I know the Super Bowl is happening today, but there's a much bigger party that we're supposed to be excited about. And sometimes we forget. We forget, and we're supposed to set that table, and we're supposed to say, there is a beautiful feast happening, and you're supposed to be a part of it right now, not later. So God, we thank you that you are calling us, and I know that people are excited about football, but we're supposed to cheer and worship the Lord. We honor athletes, but we don't worship them. We honor people, but we don't worship them. We worship one. We worship the one king, the one God. Let's just make sure that we're still presenting Jesus as we go from this place. He is still the King of Kings. And if it means we got to shut down that halftime show, we got to shut down that halftime show. Do you understand? We are not a people that go with culture. We are a people that stand up. We are a people that come to a different level of morality and of authority. And I just encourage you, hold on to what you've gotten here. Don't step back into the, the thing that's going to happen in a few hours and agree with culture right now. That is not who we are. We take a different stand. We are the robed in righteousness and we will guard our eyes and we will guard our hearts. We will guard where we put our money. This is not our money. It's his money. Where is he calling you to put it, right? So Father, we just say right now, we are those that will stand up. We will not go with culture. We will not go with the tide. God, you are calling us to stand, to row against the storms. We thank you that your spirit seals it in our hearts. You've promised that you would mark us. Mark us now. We thank you for it, Jesus. And we bless every person. We bless everyone, every family. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. We bless you guys. Hey, give a hug to somebody. We have some new families visiting, hanging out. Give a high five. Tell them you're glad you're here. Share what God's doing if you have a minute. We love you.